My guest today is Katie Four, the founder and owner of The Elevated Stag, a consulting business that helps busy, successful men with elevating their lifestyle through carefully created interior design, home organization, and wardrobe styling. I hope you enjoy the episode and would love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast. Uh, this is Troy Schlicker with the Austin Spotlight, and I am joined today by Katie Four. Uh, Katie has her own company here in Austin that I uh, don't remember exactly how I connected with her, where I initially saw her, but it seemed really like an interesting kind of company and story. And so I wanted to bring her on and uh, get the chance to know her her business better, her better, and uh, kind of uh, give her a little bit of a shout out that way. So Katie, thank you for joining. Thanks for having me, Troy. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I know I think we had talked about it a little bit briefly, but you know, most people have um, you know, part of who they are and what they do stems from where they grew up, how, you know, think different things in that phase of their life. And so kind of give me maybe a little couple minutes on your origin story. Yeah. Um, so thanks. I, um, I'm here in Austin. I've been here pretty much my whole life and, um, I grew up in West Austin. Um, and I've got a twin brother. So that was the only sibling I had growing up my dad and my brother and I used to um, do kind of different projects around the house. Uh, so I, I learned how to use a drill pretty early on uh, in my childhood um, and just had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, obviously that kind of went by the wayside. And as I got older, went into, um, I went to college at Texas state and uh, went to school for uh, business with a degree in sales and marketing. Um, afterwards I went to work for a company uh, for the last probably 13 years um, prior to beginning this business was um, working in a, a high-end men's custom clothing business. Always really uh, intrigued me, the fabrics and fit and measuring. And uh, as I got to know my clients over the course of my career, I realized a lot of them were in need of additional help, uh, majority of them being men. And a lot of them had asked me over the years um, just for advice on their home interior spaces, organization, wardrobe, you know, all of the mix. And uh, as I kind of came to have a passion for um, the clothing side, I had also reawakened the passion that I had from earlier years working with my dad and my brother on, on various home improvement projects around the house. Uh, and that's kind of what led to the, uh, the birth of the Elevated Stag. <laughs> Nice. So, yes, you mentioned, obviously, the name of your business, The Elevated Stag. What does it kind of encompass? What's um, What does it do? Yeah, so um, I'm, I mainly focus on uh, a specific niche um, demographic, uh, primarily men, uh, single guys that are either pre-marriage or post-divorce uh, looking for somebody to come in and kind of help them to elevate their spaces. And uh, of course, I've worked with the uh, numerous other individuals along the way, um, women and couples alike. Uh, I have a lot of women actually that have reached out and <laughs> asked for some help with their significant others, just to be kind of like the go-between. <laughs> I was, I was so that was so gonna be one of my questions. And like, you, know, you right, like you hear stories about, oh, if he would just listen to me or do this, I'm like, oh, so maybe an outside person, third, neutral, right. neutral third party would be able <laughs> exactly. to get through a different way than uh, than sometimes the spouse or significant other can. Yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, you hear things 10 times and it takes one person from somewhere else <laughs> telling you for it to really kind of sink in. 
<laughs> so I play, I feel a that, little bit of that. <laughs> that doesn't frustrate significant others or husbands and wives and stuff at all that, you know, someone comes in no. at one time. Oh, I've only been telling you that for four years, five years. So continue. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. 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 So I've just, I've really enjoyed getting to help everybody that I, I work with, um, whether they're single guys or the couples um, or the occasional uh, bachelorette. And um, it's, it's a passion of mine to help people uh, and, and to see kind of that vision that they may have for their spaces come to life. And uh, it's just been a really fun, fun thing for, for me to do. Challenging uh, as we went through the, the pandemic on the early stages of my business, but um, coming out of it, as you and most everyone else is aware, everybody's kind of revamping their home spaces right now as they're staring at them for the last year and a half, wondering like, why haven't I done this sooner? <laughs> so it's kept my business uh, thriving in, in a pretty challenging year for, I think most, I feel very grateful for that. Yeah. You, you mentioned that as a, as a realtor, right? We obviously when the pandemic initially hit back last March, April and stuff, it, it kind of shut everything down because no one knew right. what, what was going to happen. But we've seen in the housing market that after that time frame, because there still was some uncertainty, but because people were spending so much more time at home that it actually um, really increased people wanting to, uh, make their home spaces more livable. Obviously you're now having to do an office from home for a lot of people, maybe wanting to use the right. backyard more because you can't go out to eat. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you see that pretty early on in your business as well too, that people, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe they're not wanting to go out and buy a bunch of clothes because they don't have to go to the office and stuff as much, but Hey, I want to step up my house and make that um, more comfortable, more livable because now I'm spending 80, 90% of my time here instead of 50% of my time here. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I always joke that I should have bought a lottery ticket early on because I um, I think I chose the right time to get out of the custom high-end clothing business and into the home improvement space. Um, I left my last uh, role in January of 2020. So, um, less than a month and a half later where we were like you said stalled pretty much i was about to start several renovation projects and just had to, to hold off because we didn't know what things were going to look like and um, we're stalled for a good probably two months before we were able to kind of get back at it again but very quickly um things as you know they escalated into um i i mean i think i i feel well, grateful the, yeah, into overdrive. Like it's been the home improvement yeah. space has been going crazier than it had pre-pandemic. And I'm sure as, as a realtor, you probably, you know, the majority of your business probably comes from referrals. So the network that I had built from the previous 13 years um, certainly weighed in as a huge factor in me being able to sustain through the rest of, of the 2020 year and being able to do what I was able to do. A lot of people that trusted me because of my previous experience and just showing up and doing what I said every day, they just said, well, she's done this for so many years for me here, then I think she would do great in, in anything that she goes uh, up against. And so I feel really grateful that people yeah. um, trusted in me for that. And I think I've shown up and uh, now we're coming into the middle of 2021 and had extensive growth um, in the first six months of this year. So it's been really nice. Yeah. you. Could, I mean, it, building up that reliability and, and trustworthiness is going to be beneficial, even if you kind of shift, shift yeah. the, a focus of what you do or, or add a different, you know, line of work from that standpoint like you just can't uh 
absolutely beat having that credibility there's just nothing to replace i think a lot of people um don't consider that enough in in Mm -hmm. i guess more like a personal brand Uh, something that i've i've tried as i've you know gotten out of college and into the working world uh, to always have um that in my back of my mind as far as my personal branding and what do I want people to think of me? And, and if I say I'm going to do something, am I going to follow through and do it? And um, so I think the success that I've had early on in this business really has showcased um, that for me and, the impo- and shown the importance of continuing to do it. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, probably a lot of similarities between that and being a real estate agent, and the fact that you're kind of your own brand as a person yeah. in doing that, you know, you're not a big multinational company. Um, but you also kind of mentioned yeah. <laughs> being, being more like, unfortunately, a lot of people, small businesses, real estate agents get to be very transactional and trying to do whatever they can for the current sale. Right. Current, current paycheck, even though that's sometimes not always the best thing from a long-term credibility standpoint. Um, sure. And but but it's harder to quantify sometimes that this person will be a lifelong client and make and you know help you grow your business by being a repeat customer versus just that one-time deal. Right. Repeat customer and word of mouth. Um, you know, mentioning to others how you handled those situations is huge. It's you know, it's free advertising. <laughs> Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's better than free advertising because it comes with somebody's stamp of approval that they trust. Absolutely. Yep. For sure. Uh, so you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned obviously uh, being born and raised primarily here in Austin. So I'm assuming I, as someone who's been here 16 years or so now, I feel close to a native Austinite just because there seems like most people <laughs> I meet are like two years, three years. But as someone who's been here a lot longer than I have, what are some of the biggest uh, changes that you've seen? in Austin uh, in that time frame, other than obviously just the massive uh, population growth? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was kind of nice over the last year and a half. I feel like we've had the same traffic that we did 15 years ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to miss that as things start to uh, to get back to normal. But uh, the traffic has certainly been a big difference. Um, you know, the explosion of people, I think a lot of the people I know that are from here, we like to complain about the growth. We wish that it was the old Austin. And um, I think in some ways, it's just sad to see that part go away, but, you know, change is inevitable. And I think that uh, if we can embrace certain aspects of it uh, in whatever businesses that we're in, um, it can be a really good thing. Um, So I'm trying to see the positives in that. And that, I mean, I'm seeing a lot more influx of out of state uh, clients. I'm working right now with two folks from Chicago and some people from North Carolina. So I have people that are moving here from all over the U.S. Um, needing assistance and kind of turnkey situation because obviously moving is stressful within the same city, let alone moving across the country. Uh, so that's where I think my business has kind of evolved to um, make sure that everything is is turnkey and seeing the growth in Austin. Um, I think that any company that can do something like that, where they're providing a service. And the less that somebody has to do, the, the uh, more stress-free, excuse me, that you can make it is, is going to be kind of a game changer in, uh, in this city. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's definitely one of those things where from time to time you'd be like, oh, it'd be nice if Rainy Street still had the quaint houses and, right. and things there <laughs> instead of the, the tall skyscrapers. But 
there's no such thing as staying the same, right? So you're either going right. to be growing or you're kind of regressing. And so we'd much rather be growing. And like I say, it is beneficial from a business standpoint. Uh, sure. I'm sure for you having an influx of, of clients and as a real estate agent, having an influx of people looking for homes and stuff too, it's it's very beneficial. Do do you, with your business, do you, are most of your clients then here in Austin or I obviously for the home remodel, those kind of things, um, you couldn't physically do those um, in another state. I mean, you could, but that would not really be cost effective. Sure. But is is some is, do you do offer some of your services virtually or remotely in that regards? Yeah, I think one of the um, silver linings of uh, the, the pandemic is that it opened, I think, a lot of people up to virtual meetings versus meeting in person. So one of the things that that I do and those of us in our industry, we do a lot of in-person walkthroughs and um, they can be very time consuming. So if you think of an hour spent with a client plus the drive time there and back, plus the time doing estimates, um, it can get really cumbersome uh, if you're not managing your time well, or if you just don't have full staff. Like I, right now it's just me and, and I have one full time that I just hired. So uh, we're growing, but it's um, just, making sure that everything is, um, you know, when you're talking to people, if they're out of the state, what the expectations are of having those types of client relationships, they're going to be very different than the ones that I have that are in person, right? But I, I want to try to be in different cities in Texas. Uh, the renovation part is, is difficult because I don't quite have uh, contractors and relationships with people in other cities that I can refer those clients to. Uh, but I am working on that. I'm building that business um, in other cities to a degree. Um, we're still just the elevated stag Austin. Maybe someday we'll be elevated stag Houston and Dallas. Um, but I, uh, I can imagine that the pandemic has now created something for my business that I didn't even consider prior sure. to doing that. Yeah, right. Like, and so many businesses had to had to do that, especially if you know if you were a face to face service business primarily. That again, pretty much shut off, and so you had to figure yeah. out a way to uh, keep going or go into something completely different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You mentioned uh, getting your degree in business and sales, uh, and so was was owning your own business something you always felt like you wanted to do, or was that just kind of the natural progression, kind of the next step from where you were previously? How did how did that kind of come about? That's a great question. Um, so I, I feel like I have always kind of had the entrepreneurial spirit within me. Um, I was always the kid that was like selling lemonade on the side of the road. I had um, bracelets. I would make these little like lanyard bracelets when I was younger and sell them at the um, at recess on the playground when I was in like grade school. Um, I Actually, my twin brother, Adam, and I um, started a recycling business when we were, I think, I want to say like maybe 11 um, and it called Shooting Star Recyclers. I don't even know if you'd find anything about it, but we were featured in the Austin Picayune for like one nice. of our uh, one of our features. But we used to go to our clients and um, pick up recycling and they would pay us. They'd leave envelopes of money under the, the bins and they would pay us for like five cents for a milk jug or 10 cents for a Coke bottle. And we'd take them out to Ecology Action. This was, of course before the city put us out of business and created their own recycling program. Um, so I, yeah, I've, we had t-shirts and business cards and everything um, back then. And 
I think it was something I had always hoped to do at some point in my life. Um, I, I was fortunate that the job and career that I chose right out of school was somewhat entrepreneurial in itself because I built a business from scratch, um, you know, hitting the pavement and building uh, a book of business for, you know, 13 years. Um, by the time I left there, I had uh, a little over a million and a half uh, a year in, in uh, sales at a book of about 600 clients that I worked with. And um, I enjoyed that aspect. It was a hundred percent commission. So it was essentially if I, if I did not go to work, I did not get paid. And um, I enjoyed the thrill of that, the challenge of it, knowing that I had the, the power to make my own income, I think has always kind of driven me versus saying somebody telling me like, this is what you're worth. So I think if I could answer that. Yeah, I definitely thought that at some point I would own my own business. Nice. And what, how, how has expectation met reality so far? Um, <laughs> again, obviously COVID probably has, you know, changed that regard or changed it to some degree, but how has that, uh, how's that expectation versus reality? Kind of yeah. Reached? So the funny thing is I started my career with my previous company in um, the fall of 2007, beginning of 2008. So <laughs> if you remember what happened around that I'm time. I'm well aware. <laughs> not a lot of people buying high-end suits during uh, the downturn. And so I honestly didn't know anything different when I started. I just worked really hard because I had goals that I wanted to hit. And so when we started to come out of that, it was great because I had already been working so hard to get to just where I was that when it, it started to like lift um, things for me, they seem to get easier. And I feel in some ways that's kind of how it's going now. I started my business in one of the most challenging years to start a business. <laughs> and um, it's this year has, has skyrocketed in ways that I couldn't have even imagined. Um, and so the expectation I set I think has matched it for sure. I mean, I tried to set a really low bar for um, not just results, but also just challenges and knowing how hard I was going to have to work and 90 plus hour weeks and my husband being so supportive of all of this uh, during, during that time. And um, so now that we're starting to slowly come out of it, I feel the reprieve. I'm able to hire somebody. I'm looking to probably hire a second person here in the next six months and uh, we're just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and, uh, and hoping that that, that pays off. <laughs> That's awesome. Is what's, um, again, aside from, you know, COVID and, and, and the lockdowns and stuff that way, what's been the, probably the biggest challenge of being a, truly a small business owner in this case versus just 100% commission, which while they're very similar, there are usually some differences there. For sure. Um, probably just the backend support. Um, and managing QuickBooks, <laughs> um, just figuring out how to like what people to put in the right positions to help me rather than hinder me. Um, that obviously takes time and finding those right people. But I, I'm, I would consider myself a pretty good systems person. So once I figure things out and how they're supposed to be, I can create pretty good systems to make my business and everything run a little bit more efficiently. And if I can get certain people into the right places where they're trained and given uh, the right support and empowered to do their job, then I don't have to micromanage. I can do my deal and they can do what they need to do. And um, 
I think that's that's the ultimate goal, right? <laughs> but well, gonna, it's was, challenging. <laughs> yes. Well, as I was going to say, so um, I know it's one of my biggest challenges, but I feel like for a lot of people, especially if you were 100% commissioned, if you're kind of self-motivated, delegating can be a challenge yes. because a lot of times we feel like, ooh, I can do it better or uh, or we 100%. fear, yeah, or, or we fear somehow someone else is going to you know screw up. Not that they can't do it really well, but oh, what happens if if they make it a mistake? Right, exactly. And and we may you know if you were doing it, you would make mistakes too. Of somehow course. it seems worse when someone else does it. So how how has how yeah how do you feel like you are and from a delegation standpoint? Because I feel like that's a challenge. It's for always a, lot a work of in progress. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something I've gotten a lot better at over the years. I've had several people that I've hired and had worked directly for me in my previous role. So I've been able to kind of let go of some of those things. Right now, it's really challenging because I don't have the same kind of systems that I spent years building in my other role. It's It looks very different. What I'm doing now is so, so unique and each, each of my um, client appointments is so unique. So I even having a process with the, um, you know, client from start to finish for for example, there's certain things that I want to do with every single client, like a handwritten thank you note after my first visit, things like that, that I can put into place and have somebody else doing. But the things that I can't delegate quite yet, um, because I don't have that system in place, like invoicing or doing estimating, those types of things fall squarely on my shoulders and are some of the most time consuming tasks that I have. So I hope to have somebody put in that position by the end of the year that I can um, take some of that weight off of my shoulders and be able to focus a lot more on my clients and being in front of the clients um, because that's where I'm, I think, strongest. Even though I do enjoy some of that backend stuff, um, I'm a little bit of an introvert when it comes to, to those types of things. So I don't mind spreadsheets. I actually really enjoy them, <laughs> but I don't necessarily need to be doing those during the day. Sure. Those are things that are a little bit easier to systemize. Um, exactly. For, for, versus to some degree that, that having to be on your toes when you're in front of a, yeah. a client and have, and be able to, to do that, which obviously again, in your, in your previous role, you were in a sales role of another company doing that too. It just is more right. challenging to do that and takes more practice to be able to kind right. of have, have that, uh, systems in place what is what do you think is the most fun part of your job either either oh, man. A either a specific like category so it could you know again it could be the you know fancy suits wardrobe stuff it could be the yeah. house stuff or it could just be you know for me i know one of the things is the fact that no two days are the same like most days i really do <laughs> like the fact that no two days are the same and it's not monotonous but for you what's what's the most fun yeah i think the most fun is probably seeing the end results of my projects come to life. I think if I am able to see like the before and the afters and just seeing like, this is something that I helped to create, uh, it's very fulfilling. And, um, and I, I really enjoy that aspect of my, my job. I think also what you mentioned, like no two days are the same. I mean, no hour of like span of time in my day is the same as any other, any other day. Um, so it's, it's great. It definitely keeps me on my toes. It keeps me, um, I have to be agile during the day. I have to be patient. It's teaching me a lot of patience, um, which I thought that I had 
just from my last role. And this is a whole nother level of patience that is required and just managing emotions. Um, but the, the learning more about myself, I think is, is probably the third thing. So I would say the, the after, um, is, is probably number one, just having different things throughout the day that I get to be around and then just seeing more of like, okay, I can do this, bring it on. <laughs> like, nice. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Like seeing, having that client that's wowed and happy with, you know, yeah. the, what you've kind of brought to light, what you, what you were able to envision for them that obviously they didn't necessarily envision for themselves or they would have already done it themselves in most cases. Yes, absolutely. And I think also I'm really, I'm hard on myself. I'm sure you're probably really hard on yourself and that we have high expectations. That's why we're successful in our, in our industries. Um, so it's, I'm like always guessing, second guessing, like, are they happy? Are they like satisfied with what I'm doing? Like just trying to check in with clients, making sure everything's great. And um, so far everybody's been really happy, but I know that that's not gonna always be the case. Sure. And so just preparing myself for when something happens on how to handle those situations, because I really feel like the majority of people who are unhappy end up being unhappy because of the way somebody handled the situation when it went awry. I don't think everything's going to be perfect, even though I, I strive for that sometimes. I think that when you can manage those expectations up front, but also manage things once something happens, people trust you more. They tend to um, be more understanding when you can own up to, hey, look, this was my fault. We're going to fix it. Here's what we're going to do. Rather than, sorry, which too many people in this industry, as I'm kind of learning, uh, have a tendency to do. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that, like, the nice part with running your own business in that regard is you really are empowered to do whatever you feel is necessary mm -hmm. to right the situation, right? Where if you're working for another company, then it's like, oh, well, we don't do this kind of refunds. Or I mean, like, you literally right. could be like, here is all, here's all your money back. I mean, exactly. Like, Hopefully it doesn't come to that because as small businesses, that's pretty sure. damaging. But right, yeah. you can you can literally do that um, where you know at a big company you wouldn't. And then the other thing that's interesting too is sometimes again ha having a an experience that doesn't go as well initially, but that you can make turn into a positive actually bring makes that client appreciate you even more because it's not necessarily a super common thing all the time to to actually yeah. confront that and so then that actually can potentially build a level of trust that you wouldn't have gotten if everything had just gone smoothly yes absolutely and i've seen it because <laughs> yeah. construction is never perfect and yeah. nothing goes exactly the way we plan it so as we go through those things and things pop up as long as i hit those head on and let my clients know i'm very transparent um, I try to over communicate to them just so they know that I'm on top of everything. They're not having to chase me down to find answers. Um, you know, that's, that's my ultimate goal is like, I want to be for them how I would expect somebody to in that same position to be for me. Very nice. Um, so with the elevated stag, what you kind of, you mentioned there's, is it kind of two or three, what are the kind of main categories of services that you provide 
Yeah, so the first um, segment would be the interior design. And that really is more um, like anything from a bathroom renovation, kitchen renovation, um, to just furnishing. So I have some clients, for instance, that are building new homes, but they want to have everything furnished. Um, or like if I have a client that, that needs, um, I have one I'm working on a fin finishing out a basement in Westlake, which you don't hear about a lot in Texas, but uh, he has a basement that's unfinished. And so we're finishing the basement out and then I'll be furnishing that after, um, after that's done. And then um, second part is home organization. So this also kind of ties into the interiors. It's really like closets um, and pantries and different things that just have a tendency to kind of get disorganized or not have systems in place. So trying to help my clients make their day-to-day -day interactions with what they're using in their homes more efficient and save them time. So if you can go in, everything has a place, everything, you know, is where it's supposed to be because it's set up that way. Um, so I try to, to, to help my clients implement some of those organizational systems throughout their home. Uh, and then the third is through wardrobe styling. So this would be like personal shopping or even um, coming in and taking a look at their existing wardrobes and putting together outfits. I have a lot of clients I've done um, like uh, shared photo albums. So I'll take pictures of like a shirt and slacks and shoes and a belt all together and then we'll put everything into um, a photo album that's shared. So if they have a date or they have something they're getting ready for, they can make a comment on one of the photos and I can update them like, yes, this would be a good idea. Or why don't you do this one instead? Um, so you it's mean, kind of you, more interaction. You mean you're not just supposed okay. to pick out whatever's at the top of the drawer for each category and just go <laughs> with it? I mean, you can, but I find this to be a little bit more fulfilling um, <laughs> for them. Good, good tip. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are really the three main focus uh, that I have with clients. And I've had clients that have only utilized me for the interior design side. And then I've had clients who've only utilized me for the wardrobe side. And then some that have utilized me for all three. It just kind of depends on what each person needs. And I've had multiple clients that have used me, um, you know, like you have repeat clients. So I have clients that I've um, worked with on multiple different things throughout the year, the last year and a half. Very nice. Um, do you, is there anything else that you plan to maybe expand into in that regard? Or is it more just kind of growing in those core things, maybe eventually expanding um, geographically? Yeah. Um, I, I've given some thoughts to, to both of those things, both expanding, um, within my, my line and then also expanding in, uh, geographically. I do have a small line of like candles, uh, hats, t-shirts and things like that. My, my stag swag, if you will. No. Um, I don't have it listed on my website. I actually had no intention originally when I made these to sell them. But when I posted on my Instagram, uh, the candles that um, are made by Soy Austin Candles here in Austin, they're a local company, um, women owned, really awesome, awesome company. And uh, so I posted my picture of my new candles and I had so many messages of people wanting to buy them. I was intending for them for client gifts after a project was finished. And so I sold out of them in like two days <laughs> and had to, to reorder. So I think having maybe a line of, uh, you know, home goods to some degree, maybe like far down in the future, sure. could be something that I think would be really exciting. And uh, geographically, I think it would be difficult 
to, to move into other markets just after a year and a half now of seeing all that it entails and the, the involvement that I have with my contractors and the relationships that I'm building, I'd have to essentially find another me in Houston or in Dallas that has those types of relationships or the capability of building them. And I think that would be kind of trying to find a needle in a haystack. Um, so not sure that that's in the cards, uh, at least not in the next five years, sure. but it's certainly on the, you know, back of my yeah. mind. It's something always kind there. of, yeah, it's something to, <laughs> to kind of keep back there and, and revisit from time yeah, to time. Because you never know. <laughs> exactly. Again, right? Like there's so many things that have changed because of COVID and the lockdowns that like, you just don't want it. You don't want to rule anything out permanently. Yeah, absolutely. Well, at least you know that the candles will be a hit as client yeah. gifts <laughs> if, they're that, if they're that popular. So that's a good yes. thing. Yes, yes. Nice. So for people um, that are, you know, are looking for one of these kind of services, what are some of the best ways for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. So my website is great. Um, it's, you know, right now kind of more of a landing page. Um, it's, you know, I, it's self-built. <laughs> so um, it is what it is, but I hope to improve that um, as, as things progress in the next six to eight months. Um, but that's a great spot. It, it has links on there to reach me via um, email or phone call. And I go straight to my cell phone. So anytime anybody like, you know, pings me on there, I'm pretty quick to respond. Um, and yeah, my email Katie at the elevated stag.com is also uh, a super great way to, to reach out. And then of course my, um, my cell phone, my phone is never more than about three feet away from me. So, <laughs> and I invested in an Apple watch this year. So now I can have my phone down and now it's never, never away from you that way. So yes. Yeah, uh, basically. <laughs> and then, uh, for people like say, so you mentioned the Candles being a big hit, where did you post those? Instagram, Facebook, where were those? Yeah, of? on Instagram. I have my Instagram pushed to Facebook, so I don't really post on Facebook much on the business page, but the Instagram page, um, I try to, I do a lot of stories. Um, I try to, to leave my actual face or my Instagram feed more for like either lifestyle photos or my before and afters. And as you can imagine, during all of this with COVID and the delays that we're experiencing in the industry, both on the renovation and the furnishing side, I have quite a few projects right now that are in that like just about to be finished stage, but not quite there because we're waiting on like one thing. Um, so I have a lot of pictures on there from previous projects and, and other things, but my stories will really be the, the area that like, if you want to see what I'm doing during the day and what things are going on and happening, that's, that's where to find it. Nice. Awesome. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to jump on the podcast with me today and uh, you know, really enjoyed it. I think it's a really cool, again, it's, it's definitely a more niche kind of, <laughs> kind of industry, especially to bring kind of bring the two together in that regard. And so I think it's, yeah. it's really cool and it's awesome to see you've had the early success, which I know will lead to future Thanks. success. Thank you so much for having me. This is, <laughs> this is great. Awesome. Well, I appreciate everyone uh, catching up with us. And if you liked the show, uh, give us a like and, you know, go follow Katie and I'm sure she'll have a lot of great stuff on her uh, Instagram and Facebook feeds as well. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone.